Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Our obedient worship took us from rags to riches. Pop told us that obedient worship means doing whatever God asks us to do without reservation, hesitation, and with no procrastination. Dictionary.com defines obedient at or obey as to comply with or follow the commands, restrictions, wishes, or instructions of. Maurice and Braden defines obedient as doing what my parents tell me or us to do. Maurice and Braden will go on to tell you that there is a consequence for not following the commands, restrictions, wishes, or instructions that we give out. When they comply, everything seems just to work out. Don't stand in that chair. Stop hitting. Get your hand out the trash can. Stop jumping off the bed. Stop running in the house, Maurice. Maurice, stop swinging that bat. See, by complying, we are keeping them from getting hurt. And more important, keeping them from getting a pop-pop. As Christians, when we are obedient, when we are obedient, when we comply, when we follow the commands, when we do what God tells us to do, things just work out. But when we don't, there is such thing as a spiritual pop-pop. See, I don't want to get a pop-pop from God. See, there is a consequence for disobedience. This morning during worship service, were you obedient or were you disobedient? See, these three letters, D, I, and S, changes the whole meaning of the word obedience. We have changed from complying to failure or refusal to comply. From regarding to disregarding. There goes that word dis again. See, some of us are blatantly disregarding God's statutes. Sex before marriage. Don't have any gods before me. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Some of you got issues with the person on the same road you on. More or less loving your neighbor up the street from you. Love your enemies. Some of you will pick and choose the rules that you want to obey. No sex. I can deal with that. I can handle that. I'm single. Anyway. But that love your enemies. Ah, blatant disregard. Forsake not yourself. Forsake not the assembly yourselves together. That's cool. I'm going to be obedient. I'm here, on, I'm here on time on Wednesday and Sundays, but I have a problem with that loving my neighbor as myself. See, we can't pick and choose. We can't wait. We can't have it our way, our own way. We can't create our own tastes. We need to be obedient to God's statutes. See, there is a consequence of doing it till you are satisfied. Sex before marriage, for instance, causes a prayer hindrance, loss of relationship with God, loss of power. Sexually transmitted diseases, acts usher, teen pregnancies, adult pregnancies, call out your name. Simply because of disobedience. Obedience, on the other hand, causes peace, joy, much power, much prayer, relationship, intimacy with God, close walk. Enoch walked with God. 
Obedience saves us from a world of trouble and harder. If I only listen when the Lord said, don't lie, don't cheat, or don't fornicate. As Christians, it's a great thing to be obedient, to comply with the statutes of God. Thank you, Lord. Our obedience will take us from rags to riches. I'm reminded of a television show. This was back in the, in the 80s. Um, I'm a little old, I guess. And the show was entitled Rags to Riches. And the show dealt with a millionaire that takes on five orphan girls and raises them as their own, as his own. So their life went essentially from rags of an or- from the rags of an orphanage to the lifestyle of the rich and famous, Brother Al. Their life was turned upside down because of the decision that someone made to take them in. I'm getting ahead of myself, but over 2,000 years ago, God made a decision to send his only son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to die on the old rugged cross and paid our sin debt in full. He took us in and transitioned us from the rags of sin and placed us into his heavenly kingdom, his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. See, these young girls transitioned from from an orphanage to an open house. These girls went from uncertainty to certainty. They went from the unknown to the known. These girls went from lost to found, from broke to fixed. They went from unloved to love. What I love about the show is not by works that any man could boast that they was plucked out the muck and mire clay, or I meant the orphanage, and placed into a king's palace. I don't know about your rags to riches story. But aren't you glad that Jesus plucked you out the muck and the miry clay? I don't know what your muck is, and I don't know what your miry is, but aren't you glad that you aren't caught up anymore in that abusive relationship, both mental and physical abuse, bounced with depression? I don't know what your story is, but I know a change has overcame many of you, many of you all lives because of the decision that you made to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. A decision to relinquish all control of your life to him. Thank you, Jesus. Get to the text. Get to the text. Isaiah chapter 63. uh, We find the children of Israel crying out to the Lord, praising the Lord, worshiping the Lord, magnifying the Lord, glorifying the Lord. Not because he is king of kings and that he is Lord of lords. Not because he is the creator of heaven and earth. Not because he formed the hottest planet, Venus, second from the sun, over 800 degrees, and we thought it was hot this summer. Imagine that. Not because he formed the coldest planet, Neptune. Me and Maurice like looking at these videos. The coldest planet, Neptune, with temperatures reach a negative 353 degrees, and we thought it was cold up north. These folk was not, these folk was not in obedient worship. They was lifting up unholy hands for, solely for the purpose for the Lord to get them out of a situation. Lord, I done messed up. I need to anoint my house with oil. Lord, I done cursed my boss out. Lord, let, don't let them fire me, Lord. Lord, I done had unprotected sex. Lord, please don't let me be pregnant. It's quiet. Still quiet. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I'm serious this time. It won't happen again. It will not happen again. It won't happen again, Lord. For those of you that are familiar with Israel, they found themselves constantly in a cycle of sin. 
They cry out to God. God forgive them. They sin again, cry again. God forgive them again. And, the, and they keep going on and on in the same cycle. But does this sound familiar? We sin. Lord, forgive me. Cried at the altar. Next week, we spend our whole check on lottery tickets and keno machines. Then we ask the Lord, Lord, I need you to pay my light bill. We ask the Lord, and he delivers you again. Then next week, you're in the same cycle. You ask the Lord to de deliver you from fornication, sexual immorality. But then the next week, you're picking up the phone when the guy calls you. Some of y'all need to hit ignore. Church, <laughs> we need to break this cycle. So first we find that we want to God to move in our situation, but on our terms. Lord, you have to get me out of this one. Lord, it, it won't happen again. And the next thing you know, you're back in the club. You're drunk. you high again. You're fornicating again. Then you're back at the altar. As we look at our text, we find the children of Israel crying out to God because they messed up again. Verses 1 and 2 of chapter 64 states that, oh, that you will burst from heaven and come down. How the mountains will quake in your presence as fire causes wood to burn and water to boil. Your coming will make the nations tremble. Then your enemies will learn the reason for your fame. How many times have we cried out to God because we messed up? Lord, I messed up. Lord, would you please burst down from heaven and come out and get me out of debt? And the Lord is telling you, telling some of you all, I didn't tell you to buy that. Lord, would you burst down from heaven and come get me so that the judge would drop those, those drug charges? You shouldn't have had the drugs. Lord, would you come down and burst from heaven and let the judge find favor in my DWI case? Lord, would you burst down from heaven and come and help me out with the person that I cut off on Mercy University and stuck out my little finger. Now he mad at me. Lord, I need some help. Many times we reach out to the Lord after we make a drastic decision instead of reaching out to him beforehand. See, we looked at some, see, we looked at some stuff we shouldn't have looked at. Lord, I went some places that I shouldn't have gone. Lord, I said some things that I shouldn't have said. Lord, I did some things that I shouldn't have done. My eyes were focused on somebody that I shouldn't have been looking at. I've been hanging around, fooling around with the wrong things. These little G.O.D.s. I don't know what your little G.O.D. is, but get rid of it. The Bible says if your eye offends you, pluck it out. Don't, 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 don't pluck it out, but... But if your eye, if you got a problem with, with Coke bottle shapes, pluck it out. So we won't have to cry to the Lord, Lord, will you burst from heaven and come down? So the children of Israel wanted the Lord to move miraculously. Well, what was they doing? Well, we find that Isaiah was fully aware that God had done over the generations on behalf of the people of Israel, which is why he could recount the steadfast love of the Lord. The praises of the Lord. God has seen the Savior of Israel. God had been the Savior of Israel on more than one occasion. He had a track record of faithfulness and mercy. In spite of, in spite of all of Israel's sin and rebellion. In their affliction, he was afflicted. 
and the angel of his presence saved them. And in his love and in his pity, he redeemed them and lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. God has been with them through the years. God had, had an eyewitness account to their sin. He had patiently put up with their unfaithfulness. He redeemed them from out of slavery of Egypt. He led them through the wilderness. He fed them with manna and quail, and he traveled all those years. He miraculously prevented their clothes and sandals from not wearing out. He provided them the assurance of his presence through the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of smoke by day. He had safely delivered them from the promised land or to the promised land and given them victory over their enemies. He allowed them to possess the land. Cities that you did not build and houses full of all good things that you did not fill. Cisterns that you did not dig and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And then he had watched them quickly forget all about him. And they began to worship gods of the nations that possessed the land before them. This is where our worship turns into disobedience. Don't let the things of this world grab a hold of you to the point that you forget who God is. Young people, middle-aged people, seasoned folk. That is why Israel is in the mess that they were in because they didn't listen. And when they didn't listen, they get conquered or getting taken over. Then they crying out to God, Lord, get me out of this one. See, they essentially forgot about all that God had done and remembered the pleasures of this world. Don't forget about the Lord after your breakthrough. After the debt is paid, after graduation, after you get the job making six figures. Don't forget about God. After your healing comes, after God heal your body, don't forget about God. After your deliverance, still worship, still cry to God, still pray, still come to church. Some people get healed and then, hey, I'm good now. Thank you, Lord. In verse 5, we see the rate, the rags of sin affecting worship. What you mean, preacher? Just because I live a sinful lifestyle, I can still have a relationship with God. I can still worship God. Take me and my wife, for instance. We are in a covenant relationship. If I talk to someone else on the phone and it's a female... At 9, 10 o'clock at night. And it's not one of my family members. That's going to affect our relationship. She's going to have a problem with that. <laughs> She's going to have a problem with that. See, it's the same with God. When we cheat on God with the things of this world, it affects our relationship with him. Verse 5 of um, Isaiah chapter 64 says, You welcome those who... Gladly do good, who follow godly ways, but you have been very angry with us, for we have, for we are not godly. Church family, don't let God's anger rain down on us because you teach a Sunday school and still dancing in the world. <laughs> or ushering, or, or deacon, or men's ministry, or women's ministry, or a minister. That should be everybody. And you still dancing with the world. We are constant sinners. How can people like us be saved? It's hard to come to church and worship God and you worship and you, and you weigh down with stuff. These folks had done so bad that they didn't even know how to be saved. How many of you have taken a trip in the middle, in the middle of nowhere and your GPS goes out or your phone dies 
everything was good when you had help. But it's a struggle to get where you're trying to go without that GPS. Some of you are struggling because you have placed something in place of God. You have placed something in place of God. You're lost. You're lonely. You are so far away and you ponder the question, Lord, how can someone like me be saved? How can someone lost like me be delivered? I'll tell you, confess. Give your heart to God. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus, and you shall be saved. But, Mr. Brandon, how can, how can God save someone who constantly cursing folks out? How can God save someone that constantly cheating on his wife? How can God save someone that constantly lying? How can God save someone that isn't worth, worthy of being saved? How can God save someone that is living an alternative lifestyle? How can God save someone that hates or, or has hatred in his heart? How can God save someone that's, that hasn't crossed every I and dotted every T? How can God save someone that, that, uh, that, that, that is not, that is living an immoral, a sexual immoral lifestyle? See, it's the sin that separates us from God. And God in his infinite wisdom sent Christ to die for our sin. So we no longer have to worry about what we did 10 years ago. If you confess that sin and it's thrown into the sea of forgetfulness, have you ever forgotten about something? My wife was taking a, an, an accounting class, and when she told me uh, about this class, you know, I got kind of puffed up because my major was uh, management, so I took a few accounting classes. So I said, I got you, babe. I got you. I can't wait to take this class. You're going to get an A, a just because of me. And um, she, she downloaded the, the, the book, and I was sitting on the couch, and I was looking at it, I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> I done forgot, I done forgot all, I forgot everything. And I told her, I pulled her to the side, I said, babe, I can't help you with none of this. <laughs> Jesus done forgot about all that stuff that you did last year. He done forgot about all that stuff you did last week. He done forgot about all that stuff that you did yesterday. But we got to confess. Sometimes we come in here way down with stuff, and we just need to leave it at the altar. We need to just give it to the Lord. Sometimes we get, we get stressed out about stuff, and we just need to just hand it over to the Lord. I always tell the, the guys at, um, at the prison, and I tell them, I say, you know, God knows your, the day. That you're going to walk out these doors. He know the time. He know the hour. He know who's going to come pick you up. God knows when your breakthrough is going to break through. And sometimes we just sit there worrying. And God saying, I, I got this. I, got, I took care of you in 2007. What makes you think I ain't going to take care of you in 2017? Thank you, Lord. So we saw because of sin and our disobedience, uh, we still wanted God to move suddenly in our situation. Secondly, we saw that our rags of sin affected our worship. So lastly, that we find that, that when we make, that um, we find that he will make you clean inside. Let's journey back to the first chapter in the book of Isaiah, starting around verse 17 and 18, which states, Learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, fight for the rights of widows. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, 
I will make them white as wool. If you will only obey me, you will have plenty to eat. So we find the prophet speaking the mind of God. <clears throat> Hold up, Isaiah. What about the future stuff that we are going to do in, in chapter 63 and 64? What do you mean God will make us whiter than snow, Isaiah? You the prophet. You know that we are messed up. But God is telling us that though our sins are red like scarlet, that he will make us as white as snow. I know mine were quite red, but I thank God for the washing. I thank God for the cleansing. Do you want to be cleansed this morning? Then you have to confess the Lord. I messed up. Do you want to be clean this morning? Then you have to be obedient. Verse 19 states that you have to obey. Do you want to be clean this morning? Then you have to trust. You have to have faith. I thank God for the cleansing. I thank God for taking my rags of sin and washing them as white as snow. I thank God for the change, for the change, and I thank God that he changed me. See, I can come and worship in obedience because of the cleansing. I can lift my hand because I know I've been delivered. I can shout to God with the voice of triumph because we do have the victory. God took, our, the God took us from rags to riches. I got joy. I was tired of living for the world, but I'm happy that I, now I'm on the Lord's side. If you, if, you, if you go to Google, if you type in, if you go to Google and type in rags to riches, there will uh, pop up a definition uh, similar to this. It says rags to riches refers to any situation in which a person rises from poverty to wealth. But if you read a little further, they give some rags to riches stories, uh, different people, different celebrities that, that had a, a troubled background and now they're uh, millionaires and uh, uh, billionaires. But if you read a little further, the rather richer story, but nowhere did I see Paul, or nowhere did I see Stephen, or nowhere did I see Job. See, matter of fact, nowhere did I see Brandon M. Lee, or Dave A. Wilcoxon, or Kalea S. Lee, or Patrick Jones Bailey. See, we went from rags to riches. All of us had a checkered past. All of us did something that we were ashamed of, but God in his infinite wisdom sent a sacrificer in the form of human flesh, and his name was Jesus Christ, the righteous. In my mind, he is the best case of a rags to riches story and shouldn't have been on the top of Wikipedia because they stripped him naked. They plucked his beard out, and you couldn't even tell he was a human being. He had to carry an old rugged cross up the hill of Via de Rosa. They nailed him, to, they, nailed him they cursed him, they pierced his side, they spat on him, they murdered him. He laid his head in the locks of his shoulders. See, they treated Jesus as if he was a filthy rag. But how many of us know that he got up with all power in his hands? See, that's the story. See, that's the story. That's the story that I hang my hope on. That's the reason why I'm obedient. That's the reason why I lift up my hands. That's the reason why I'm the husband of one wife. That's the reason why I can shout. That's the reason why I can dance because Jesus went from rags to riches. I don't know your rags to riches story, but I know this, that Jesus got up with all power. Not some power, not a little bit of power, but Jesus got up with all power in his hands. He got power to deliver. He got power to set the captive free. He got power. He got power. Well, he got power. Aren't you glad that you're in the same, that you are not in that same cycle of sin that Israel is in? Aren't you glad that Jesus turned your rags into riches? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad with it? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise.
for turning our rags into riches. As you stand to your feet, I thank the Lord for changing us. We were filthy rags. I always think about why would why would the Lord save somebody like me? I got homeboys that still still smoking dope. Still alcoholic, still chasing women. And I think, why did he pluck me out? The mark and the marriage. Got home, boys, it's done. Passed away. Got killed. And I think about, you know, God in his infinite wisdom saw fit to save me. And if you're not saved, I want you to have that same feeling that I got. When I, uh, when I go home and I got peace, I ain't got to worry about no STDs. <laughs> I ain't got to worry about somebody throwing a brick in my window. I ain't got to worry about no DWI. I ain't got to worry about the police busting in my house. That's peace. And you can have that. You bet you just got to confess. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.